What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast live here on YouTube uh, every Wednesday, 8 o'clock on the dot right here, Eastern Time. Those of you guys who are new to the show, welcome. If you're listening on audio, welcome yet again. Um, we appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to me, hear my takes, hear me go off on a little bit of things. But we got a lot of things to touch on, man. Um, first of all, let's start with the NFL, man. I mean, whew, Kansas City Chiefs yet again in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is what, four, their fourth time in the last six seasons that Patrick Mahomes just continues to do it. And he's doing it in impressive fashion yet again. I mean, beating the Baltimore Ravens at home is something that shocked me. To be honest, like, I, you know, a part of me was like, you know, I think Mahomes can do it. Like, I'm not going to doubt Mahomes. He's a goat here for a reason. He's doing his thing. He's been doing his thing. He's proven that he can play without Tyreek Hill. He's proven that he can win without Tyreek Hill. Now, without Eric Bieniemy, now, it's like you keep taking things away and greatness just continues to outshine. And that is exactly what Patrick Mahomes is doing. So young in his career, just showing of why, in my opinion. I think he's going to surpass Brady. I think he's going to be the all-time GOAT. I really think that we are witnessing right now Patrick Mahomes be the GOAT. And he's just getting started, man. But it's just unbelievable what he was able to do. And it started off, you know, this whole playoff run. I mean, it's been unbelievable. I really thought that the Chiefs were going to win. But then I started hearing a whole bunch of noise about why the Ravens are better, why the Ravens are the most complete team, you know, what Lamar Jackson has done, you know, how unstoppable they are at home. And I started to think like, yo, I really feel like, OK, the Ravens are the better team. So, of course, I bought into it. And let's just say that Mahomes just did what Mahomes does, man. And that is why he's the best quarterback in the NFL and has been the best quarterback in the NFL. And who I believe is pretty much going to be the goal when it's all said and done. So shout out to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that game was it was a little bit slow. You know, it started off, you know, kind of rolling. And, and I thought it was very important when you're in on the road in these playoff type of games, especially on a championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl. You got to get your guys involved, man. Like get your reliable targets involved. Travis Kelsey, hell of a game. But notice how Mahomes is going to him early, setting the tones. I talk about this on the show, you know, throughout the whole season about my Dolphins. Like, I think it's so damn important to get your big time guys involved when when all, things are on the line get your guys involved like set the tone you know Tyreek Hill set the tone Travis Kelsey like guys like that like big time players have to set the tone i think it's extremely important to go to your reliable targets early get the lead especially on the road and that's what Mahomes did man Travis Kelsey hell of a game i mean <laughs> 11 catches for 116 yards listen man Chiefs did what they had to do, man. They really did. Like, they set the tone early. Their defense ended up balling out late, holding the Ravens to only three points in the second half. The Chiefs, on the other hand, scored zero. They looked a little bit upset. You saw kind of Andy Reid a little bit towards the end. You know, after the game was over, Andy Reid's just strolling along, walking with a serious face. Now, I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's like, yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, we're just doing what we have to do. We're looking ahead of the Super Bowl. We don't even care, so I'm not showing emotion. Or if they're kind of pissed off of like, wow, we just really scored zero in the second half and 
that's alarming going into the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that remains to be seen. Obviously, they do have an extra week of preparation with the Pro Bowl being this week. So that will buy them time to kind of get things going. But the Chiefs know what they have to do, man. I mean, they've been there before. They've been they've been there before, and they know exactly what it takes. And when you have a guy like Mahomes back there on the center, listen, bro. I mean, look at what he's been doing throughout this postseason. Taking down the Dolphins, taking down uh, Buffalo in Buffalo, taking out Baltimore in Baltimore. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. And it's going to be pretty damn hard uh, for me to pick against them, you know, when the Super Bowl comes around. But this is not the Super Bowl preview show, but we have a lot to talk about when it comes to that. Um, on the other side, man, the Lions and the 49ers. My goodness. I had a feeling that the Lions were going to come out smoking hot. And they did. I mean, they took that lead, took that lead early on, man. They were a big time up 14-0 after the first quarter. And they were just really just everything was going, man. Laporta was going, Montgomery was going, Gibbs was going, everything was just clicking for the Detroit Lions. And then 49ers just find a way to win like they've been doing last week against Green Bay. And like they, they continue to do like they shoot themselves in the foot early. You let them hang around. Momentum starts to shift, especially when they're in San Fran. And the Lions just let them back in the game, to be honest with you. Like, that's pretty much what it was. Like, the Lions let them back into the game, gambled a little bit on a couple questionable fourth down, you know, fourth down decisions that Dan Campbell made. I didn't agree with them. You know, I understand some of them, you know, and I I hear the noise about, hey, you know, Dan Campbell's been this way. You know, if Dan Campbell's been this way all along, this is the reason why the Lions are here in the first place. He's got to stick to that. I get it, but I mean, sometimes you got to be like, yo, you know, I don't think this is the smart move here, man. Like, there's plenty of opportunity where, you know, you can make this from a two-score game to a three-score game with a field goal, and Dan Campbell's just opting to go for it on fourth down. On the road, one game away from the Super Bowl, when you have all the momentum, you don't you don't do that, you know? You don't do that. I understand if maybe you're trailing or maybe it's a close game even. But when you have the opportunity and you're already gifted a two-score lead and you can maintain a three-score lead, that stuff matters, man. And look at the end of the score. Look at the end. 34 to 31. Hell, there was like six points in field goals led right there on the table. You can argue you kick at least one. Maybe you're going to overtime or maybe the scenario is different. Whatever it is, you can't say that it'll be a tie game going into overtime because the scenario would have played out completely different. They would have been playing from behind. Clock management would have been different. But nonetheless, I don't like a lot of the decisions that Dan Campbell made. So although I will give credit to Dan Campbell for getting the lines this far, because to me they exceeded expectations. I mean, hosting two playoff games, winning the division. Uh, Jared Goff with a phenomenal season, finishing second in passing yards. I think that's all awesome. Shifting the culture, kind of setting the tone going forward. But, bro, you had the opportunity right there. And like he said it himself, it's hard to get back to that same place. Like, it's really hard. Even though you have set a great foundation moving forward, you can argue. But huge opportunity was lost. And that opportunity like that, I don't think you can get that back, man. I think that was Detroit's opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. And even though I still think they're going to be, you know, back in the playoffs next season, and I think they're going to be here to stay. 
But man, sometimes it's hard to get the opportunity to reach the Super Bowl when you're that close. It was gifted to you. It was gifted to you. You play the game the right way. You go, you play the game the right way and kind of just put your ego aside just a little bit. At least, at least one of those go for the kick, man. Maybe go for the other one. But listen, that came back to bite them in the ass. Salute, salute, Giannis. Welcome to the chat. Uh, it says Ravens look like they wanted to lose. I touched on it a little bit earlier on the stream, man. It's, I don't think that they wanted to lose, man. I really think that Spagnolo really dialed up a great defensive scheme, bro. And I think that the opportunities were there, bro. Like the opportunities were there for the Ravens. I'm not even going to lie. But that, yo, think about that Zay Flowers fumble. That was huge. I mean, right there, he scores that touchdown. It's a three-point game where Kansas City was not getting anything on offense. That play right there, I think that play right there really swung things, and Zay Flowers really knew it. I mean, you saw him getting emotional on the sidelines. I think that was, if there was any chance for the Ravens to come back and win that game, that, that was the opportunity right there. I think that play is just, it's bigger than just, oh, it was a fumble. And, you know, I you can argue that the Ravens might have won that game, man. Maybe that sends it into OT. You never know. But better luck next year to the Ravens. Still a phenomenal season from the Ravens and from uh, Zay Flowers and Lamar Jackson, to be honest. Says, how do I feel in lines with choke, bro? Like, <laughs> listen, with the way Dan Campbell coaches, bro, when you're that aggressive on fourth downs, he's like, not like Staley, he's better than Staley, but my point is when you have a coach that's just going for it on fourth down and really being too aggressive, I feel like he just opens up the door for opportunity from the other team. Um, <laughs> Giannis says, not saying refs, 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 but they did determine a lot of the games. Also, Zay Flower making rookie mistakes at the worst time, and Lamar's got to be better. No, absolutely. And listen, refs are going to ref, bro. Like, that's just part of the game, man. Like, they know that coming in. You know, know the refs are going to be on the Chiefs' side. You know the refs are going to be back then on Brady's side. Like, these players know that going in, man. And that's why it's important to kind of get leads early, play a perfect game of football. At the end of the day, you had the game at home. You were the favorite. And the Ravens did not put up points on the board. They didn't. They didn't. So, I mean, the opportunities were there, regardless of the refs, man. I really don't even think that the refs changed this game completely. Of course, they have a little bit of a, of a say in it, but think about it. Think about that opening, that opening, uh, the opening uh, drive. Think about how Kelsey was constantly getting open, man. Like just, you know, a lot of bad decisions, man. A lot of bad, bad uh, decisions by the Ravens. But I think the Ravens will be back, man, to be honest. Like I think with that new offense, Lamar really showed some things that he is definitely going to grow from. And, I expect the Ravens uh, to be back and probably add a piece or something. I think Lamar now shows that he's he doesn't just need Mark Andrews. I'm pretty sure that, you know, the more targets you surround them with, the more lethal Lamar Jackson would be. So think about Lamar with like a true number one wide receiver, bro. Like imagine. Think about Lamar with like a Mike Evans, man. Like that would be special. <laughs> that's what I want to see because Lamar's freaking fun as hell to watch, but 
Like, get, get this dude a true number one, man. You got these boys. They're too young, man. Bateman, yeah, he's a stud. He's a first rounder, whatever, but he's too young, man. He ain't ready yet. Zay Flowers, awesome. Great rookie year, no doubt, but he's a rookie at the end of the day. Now he's going into year two. Odell, his best days are are behind him now. Um, get, get this guy a true number one, man. Like, if you get Lamar a true number one, I think there's multiple Super Bowls in store. And I'm talking about a true number one, man. Like somebody who's already solidified, not a Zay Flowers who's going to be or whatever. No, no, no. Get this man like that. Somebody's already like a number one. Like I consider Mike Evans. I really consider Mike Evans. To me, Mike Evans is top 10. You get him that type of weapon along with an Andrews, along with what you saw from Likely and then Zay Flowers going into year two after the great season that he had. Think about that. That would be insane. So it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do. But they I don't think they have the money to pay, to pay Mike Evans. They are, you know, paying a lot of money. And I think the Ravens window was, I think it's a two-year window. Based on the contracts, I saw some things. But either way, Ravens, uh, better luck next year. Still some tremendous things that we saw from Lamar Jackson. And Lions, like I said, they're knocking on the door. I think they're here to stay. I believe that they'll be back. But... Super Bowl's now set. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the 49ers. I'll dive more into that one next week, man. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Super Bowl. A lot of people are kind of off on it, but I'm like, why, man? I mean, the Niners are the best team in the NFC. They've shown that all freaking season long. Like their defense is amazing. Um, their offense with Brock Purdy, CMC, Debo. Uh, Ayuk, Kittle, man, they got some studs out there, bro. Like Fred Warner flying everywhere on defense. I honestly think that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, and now you're playing against the GOAT. So, yeah, you're not getting two number one seeds against each other, but you're getting the best team in the NFC taking on the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. I think it's a good – I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I remember the Chiefs did beat them years back, so – Best believe that the 49ers got the matchup, the matchup that they were hoping for, bro. Like they want to get that revenge. What better opportunity, you know, to get your championship than to beat the team that beat you a couple years back in uh, Patrick Mahomes and Casey. Uh, as of right now, if I had to give an early lock, I'm picking the Chiefs. Like I know the Niners are the better team, but listen, man, I ain't going against Mahomes, bro. And for everybody that keeps going against Mahomes, how the hell is that working for you? Like, it's not working, man. Uh, I'm not going to be that guy. So for right now, I'm going with Mahomes. But things can change um, next week when I'm on the show. <laughs> oh, man. Giannis is coming from a Rams fan. I hate the 49ers and the Chiefs. A little bit of hate watching for the Super Bowl then. <laughs> it says, but please, Purdy, do what Lamar couldn't so he's going for the 49ers on the chat Giannis is going for the 49ers over the Kansas City Chiefs man uh but yeah I'm excited for the Super Bowl uh shout out to the Lions though hell of a year and shout out to Lamar Jackson so on to KC versus the 49ers gonna be a hell of a game I'm excited and we'll break more of that down uh but for now let's shift things on over to some NBA talk, man. Let's get some NBA talk for you uh, real quick.
right, so diving into some NBA talk for you. Uh, last week, I gave my five All-Star starters predictions the day before the All-Star starters came out. And I had, I believe I had uh, Halliburton, and he ended up making it. I had as my two guard, I had Jalen Brunson. He didn't make the All-Star starters. Uh, Jason Tatum, I had, he made it. Uh, Giannis, Embiid, they made it as well. Instead of Brunson, they went with Dame to start for the Eastern All-Stars. And in the West, I had SGA. I had Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, LeBron, KD, and Jokic. But Anthony Edwards didn't make it. I got the rest of the list right. But instead of Edwards, Luka Doncic made it. No surprise there. Um, Luka is a beast. But I wanted to see some young guys make it, man. I wanted, my, I wanted to see my guy Ant, bro. I really thought that because they were the number one seed, they were going to show some love to Anthony Edwards. But... Hey, man. Uh, Giannis in the chat says, can't believe Dame got in over Brunson. Me neither, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, I understand that the Bucks are having success and everything like that. I understand that Dame is a popular guy. But, bro, I mean, what Jalen Brunson's been doing this season is unbelievable, man. Like, the Knicks are the third seed right now. They're playing great ball. They've won nine out of their last ten games, including an eight-game winning streak. The Knicks are 31 and 17, third seed in the Eastern Conference. And Jalen Brunson is putting up 40 points, 30 points, 50 points in his sleep, bro. Like he is leading the team and he's the primarily ball handler. So think about that. So you're initiating the offense. You're the main guy. Scouting reports are all over you. And you're just constantly dominating in a city of New York where the pressure is at its brightest. The pressure is, is is all everywhere. The media is everywhere. I just don't get it. I don't get how you give how you I don't get how you don't give that to Jalen Brunson, man. And he was snubbed last year. He didn't even make the all-star team last year, which is just completely ridiculous. And I'm a Heat fan. So I'm saying that as a Heat fan. So there goes to show you. Uh, but let's go with my reserves. All right. So I'm gonna go with my reserves here. Uh, for the let's start with the Eastern Conference. So my first reserve, once again, I want to read this again. So the starting lineup is Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Joel Embiid. You guys could chime in on the chat too if you guys agree uh, with my my reserves. Just so you know, tomorrow live on TNT, the official reserves are going to be listed out so let's see if i got a couple guys right i think i do but my first reserve in the eastern conference is a guy who i think should have been a starter in the first place we just talked about him and that's jalen brunson man jalen brunson averaging 26.8 points per game this season 3.8 rebounds 6.5 assists and shooting 48 percent from the field i mentioned it bro he should have been a starter in the first place this dude is putting up 30 at least 30 in his sleep he could get you as much as 40, which he's done recently. He can get you 50. Primary ball handler in New York, playing in the Mecca, has the New York Knicks as a third seed in the Eastern Conference. Listen, man, and like I said, Knicks have an eight-game winning streak right now. Things are changing in New York. Things are vibing in New York. Like, New York is back. New York right now, the New York Knicks were missing a buzz. That's what they were missing. Like something to want to like something that will want you to go to the garden. Right? Some buzz around the team, like just something, something. Jalen Brunson is giving you that. Jalen Brunson is giving 
the Knicks fans exactly what Knicks fans have been waiting and dying to see um, since Carmelo left, bro. Like somebody who you know you could throw the ball to at the end of the game and he's going to make or take a great shot that you think can go in. Not something that you're kind of hopeful. Something that you go, for example, there's a timeout and a tie game and you're like, this ball's going to Brunson. Like, I believe. You you had that before with Melo, but you didn't have that the last couple of years. You're kind of like saying like, shit, I wonder what's going to happen now in a tie game. Where's this going to go? Like Jalen Brunson's given New York Knicks fans confidence, and it's amazing, bro. Like the they got life again, as Matt mentions uh, on the comments. Knicks got some life again. That's true. Like, come on, man. Like he's bringing back the good vibes in New York City, man. And I'm here for it as a Heat fan, man. I'm still here for it. Like the New York Knicks being a good basketball team just makes the whole NBA better. Like I said, eight game winning streak. Jalen Brunson, no doubt about it. That is my first all-star reserve. And if he's not named first, that's just ridiculous because the dude should be starting. And the fact, I cannot say it again, like the fact that they left him off the team last year is completely ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous, man. Uh, But going into my second reserve in the Eastern Conference, I'm going with Tyrese Maxey, averaging 25.7 points per game, 3.6 rebounds. 6.6 assists, 44.8 field goal percentage. Listen, this dude is awesome, bro. Like, talk about a guy that's fun to watch, Tyrese Maxey, man. And I hate the Philadelphia 76ers, but Tyrese Maxey is so damn fun to watch. A little bit biased because I'm a Kentucky fan. But the way he gets up and down the floor, man, the way he shoots that ball with confidence, and the way he's just creating off the dribble, it's like this – Tyrese Maxey that it was like, man, he had, I know he's shown me glimpses, but I didn't know he could do all that. He's playmaking at a high level, averaging 6.6 assists, averaging 25, over 25 points a game with Joel Embiid on your team. Like Joel Embiid is getting the ball, what, 90% of that offense? 90% of the game, Joel Embiid is getting the ball. He's average, Joel Embiid's averaging like what, 34, 36 points per game? And you as a young fella, are you still able to get 25? How important is it? But to have, you know, you're not the number one option and your number one option gets a lot of touches and a lot of points to be able to stay locked in and shoot over 44% from the field and average 25 points per game as a number two option. As a young guy in your career, I feel like it takes a lot mentally for a guy to be ready and kind of give you, give like a, a, a Robin to a Batman or Robin give you 25 points per game. Like it takes a lot of maturity. So I think Tyreek's Tyrese Maxey absolutely deserves it. I know he's been banged up for the last couple games. I think he'll be back soon, but yo, Maxey, <laughs> Maxey's super, super underrated, man. Uh, Giannis says it on the chat. Uh, Zell says on the chat, Brunson should have been a starter. I agree, man. I mentioned it. I just don't, I don't, I cannot believe it. How do you put Dame, over Brunson this season I just don't get it I understand not a knock on Dame he should make the all-star game but bro have you seen some of Dame's defense man like what 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 is this about man this is crazy man don't get me started again man I did spend a lot of time Brunson definitely definitely deserved to be a starter no doubt about it bro uh and you can argue Giannis says I don't even know if Dame should even be an all-star and Giannis roots for the Bucks. I know Giannis should be an all-star. That's for damn sure. 
But yeah, Dame, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Um, uh, Matt says that uh, he makes most of his touches. It's incredible, man. But yeah, shout out to Tyrese Maxey. That is my second reserve in the Eastern Conference. The third is going to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell averaging 27.7 points per game. That's seventh in the NBA, 5.5 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and shooting 46.1%. I'm telling you, man, Donovan Mitchell has been on an absolute tear, bro. Like, Darius Garland has been in and out the lineup. Evan Mobley has been in and out the lineup. And the Cleveland Cavs have just had so many injuries just continue to pile up. And Donovan is left like the lone guy there. Like, damn, who's with me today? Like, who do I have? And yet the Cavs are the fourth seed in the East at 28 and 16. Uh, They've also won nine out of their last 10 games with no Darius Garland out there. And it's pretty much been all Donovan Mitchell. And the I'm telling you, like the stats that I've seen Mitchell put up over the last couple games with all the people missing on the Cleveland Cavs, like there's, it's a no brainer. Like Donovan, you can argue, can even be a starter. 27.7 points per game averaging, and your team's won nine of the last 10 with all those injuries. Donovan Mitchell, absolute lock. No doubt in my mind he makes the All-Star game. So that is my third reserve. My fourth reserve. This may, it shouldn't shock people, but it may because I understand that this is not a popular player. I know people hate on this guy. I know people don't like this guy. I know there's a lot of things that people say about him. I know his team doesn't win. His team is currently 10th in the Eastern Conference. His team is 20 and 27 with a terrible record. But I'm going with Trey Young, man. Trey Young averaging 27 points a game, 10.9 assists. That is second in the NBA behind Tyrese Alliburton. Shooting 42%, that percentage should be a little bit higher. But still, man, averaging 27 a game. And then my thing is just the assist, bro. Like the assist, 10.9 assist is big time for a small guard like that to be able to maneuver and still dish out to average over 10 assists a game. That is unbelievable. 27 and 10, and that's 10.9. So you can argue, you can kind of round that up to 11. You're giving me 27 and 11. That's big time. I cannot ignore those stats. I can't, bro. So I understand that, you know, his team is not winning. I understand that. He, he can't guard anybody on defense. I understand that people take advantage of him on pick and rolls. I get all of that. But if you're averaging 27 and 11 and you're a small guard, that to me is impressive, bro, because there was a lot of knock on Trey Young even being a passer in the first place. You know, it's like, oh, he can only score. He can shoot threes, blah, blah, blah. He can shoot the floater well. Think about it. What he's been able to do to play make, it's like I think he's literally trying to expand his game in every which way possible. I just don't think Atlanta has enough talent. I don't know what it is, but I don't think Trey Young is the problem, to be honest. So um, I know a lot of people don't like Trey Young, but I think he's so deserving for an all-star this year. Uh, my next one, I didn't want to do this. I'm not going to lie. I don't think this guy really deserves this spot. But me knowing how the NBA works and how the NBA is and how the NBA has certain favorite teams, <coughs> Celtics, <coughs> Lakers, um, and how they favor teams who have who are in first place, right? 
all the first seed teams, they always end up with what? With two all-stars. It's like a given. So I'm going with Jalen Brown here. 22.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 3.7 assists, shooting 49.4%, which is impressive uh, with the volume of shots that he takes. But I don't think Jalen Brown has had that much of an impressive season. I think the Celtics as a whole have been the best uh, team in the NBA at this point. But that's because they can hit you from so many different angles with Derek White, uh, Porzingis, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I think Brown and Tatum have kind of taken a step back because of how great those other players have been playing and how everything is working. Like the system is working and there's good vibes all around. But there's some times where I see Jalen Brown like barely even score 15, bro. I've seen so many 13-point games, 12-point games, 14-point games. And I'm like, what the hell? Now, when Tatum is out, to his credit, I've I seen Jalen Brown turn up. And I think Jalen Brown is a talented player. I think he's a hell of a player. I don't think he's a great ball handler. But I just know how the NBA works. They're going to give the Celtics two All-Stars, especially finishing first. But I'm going with Tatum. My next reserve is my boy, Bam Adebayo. I mean, listen, Bam has had an impressive season so far. He's kind of been the most healthiest guy out of all of the guys. Jimmy's been bottled, you know, banged up. You've seen Tyler Hero banged up for quite some time, even though he was kind of on his way for an All-Star season. He might even make it, to be honest. But I think if you had to pick one heat, because I think that's all you're going to get, you're going to get one heat. It's going to be Bam Adebayo, bro. Like, he's been taking yet another step defensively. The Heat as a team are struggling, but Bam's defense is no freaking joke. That's as advertised. And his stats, he's averaging 20.7 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and shooting 50% from the field, man. Like, you're averaging 20 and 10 in your sleep. Rebounds numbers are going up. He's playmaking, and he's just defending at a high level. This dude can switch out one through five. It does not matter, and that stuff matters, man. I have to pick my all-star for the Heat, for my boys. I ain't picking Hero. I ain't picking Jimmy. I'm picking Bam. So that's a no-brainer uh, for me. So I'm going with Bam. But uh, Giannis in the chat says, uh, says, wow, Brown fell off so much from last year. He has, bro. Like, if you look at the numbers from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both of their numbers are going down. But you can't ignore the standings. Like, the Celtics as a whole are playing better as a team than they were last season. So you kind of... You kind of got to understand, you know, I, for Tatum, I give him different because I've seen Tatum now locking defensively better than I've ever seen before. So that I give him credit. Jalen Brown, on the other hand, it's hit or miss, man. It's hit or miss. Uh, Matt says, Bam's tough. Love his defense. Listen, man, Bam is tough and he's only getting better. Another Kentucky guy. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little, little biased with my Kentucky guys. But I think Bam deserves it, man. Not even trying to be biased. I think Bam is, you know, listen. 20 and 10 in this league and shooting 49.9 and playing the defense that he plays that deserves recognition. Uh, and my final spot, listen, the East is weird, bro. <laughs> like I was looking at this and I'm like, am I really about to pick this guy when I was doing my notes? Because I'm like, damn, the East talent is very, very weird compared to the West. Like there was people on the West where I'm like, damn, I don't want to leave this guy out. Damn. I don't want to leave him out. Damn. I don't want, but I have to, Bro, the East is different, bro. Like, the East is like, wait, I'm here. Can I just roll with 11 All-Stars? <laughs> Giannis in the chat says Cade. Listen, man, I actually considered Cade. Not going to lie, he's been balling the hell out. I was going to pick him, bro. 
It was between him and the guy that I'm picking, and I went with the guy that I'm picking because of team success. I'm sorry, but the Pistons being 6-40 and 40 right now, I don't care how good your stats are. You are not making the All-Star team if you got six damn wins. I am sorry. I am sorry. So I went with the person that has his team on the eighth seed, and that is Paolo Bancaro, 23 points a game, seven rebounds a game, five assists a game, shooting 45%. Listen, those are those are solid numbers, man. 23, 7, and 5, 45%, and has the Magic as a top eighth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Listen, shout out to Cade. <laughs> Cade is awesome, bro. Like he's the only one on that Pistons team trying. I think the future's bright. But listen, I ain't giving you no damn Eastern Conference All-Star if your team is six and forty, my guy. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Better, better luck next year, but you ain't getting that. All right, but let's go into the West, man. This is where I had a little bit of trouble, but this is where it really gets fun for you guys, man. So the Western starters are Shea Gilgis-Alexander, no surprise there, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, no surprise, and Jokic, no surprise as well. So those are the five starters in the West. I thought Anthony Edwards was going to make it. I picked him to be the starter, but he wasn't. So my first reserve is going to be, obviously, Anthony Edwards, man. Why do I say Anthony Edwards? Because, listen, first of all, his team is first place in the West, and this is what I'm talking about, where the NBA just picks and chooses these rules. Like, okay, yeah, you have you have to have an automatic starter if your team is number one. Where's the Timberwolves starter? Oh, you have to have two all-stars if your team is first place. All right, so keep that same energy when the Timberwolves now finish first place because the Wolves right now are first place, and they're 33-14, and 14, winning seven of the last 10 games. Keep that same energy is all I ask, but the NBA doesn't do that. So Anthony Edwards is my first reserve. He's leading that team to be the first seed in the Western Conference. He's the best player on that team. He's their go-to guy. He picks up people on defense when he needs to lay in the game. He's taken this leadership role that I've loved to see. And you can just tell, man, like some of the spurts that you see Anthony Edwards have in big time games. It's like, yo, this guy is going to be freaking special and he's going to be special for years to come. So Anthony Edwards is my first reserve in the in the Western Conference, averaging 22.6 points a game, 8.7 rebounds, which I love to see, 3.1 assists. And come on, man. Shooting 51.8%. Think about this. These are go-to guys that take the most shots on their team that aren't big men. They're not dunks. No, these are jump shots, and he's shooting over 50%. It's truly unbelievable. Uh, the future's bright for Anthony Edwards, man. My second reserve is Anthony Davis, averaging 24.9 points per game, 12.1 rebounds, which is fourth in the West, well, in the NBA. 3.7 assists and shooting 55.4%. Listen, I don't like the Lakers. I do like Anthony Davis. And I think even Anthony Davis probably should have been a starter over LeBron James. Like, I'm sorry, but I think the impact that AD has had when he's out there on that floor and he's been relatively healthy as of, you know, as of now, I think his impact is different than LeBron James. I think he makes more of an impact. I think people fear Anthony Davis going off. Um, more than LeBron James when Anthony Davis is locked in rebounding the way he has. I mean, he's averaging over 12 rebounds a game this season when he's boarding like that. And he's a nightly double double and his defense that he plays. I think he's more impactful at this point right now 
And this date right now, I think Anthony Davis is better than, you know, LeBron James at this point. With LeBron James's age and everything, I think AD has had far more impact on the Lakers' success when they do have success. But they're still under 500. I mean, we're still talking about a team that's 24 and 25. You know, they're always picking and choosing who's to blame for this and who's to blame for that. I like AD's stats better than LeBron James this season in particular. So AD gets my second um, my second nod there. My third reserve in the West is I got to put a clipper in there. And, man, I actually thought long and hard about this. Like, I really wanted to give James Harden the nod, to be honest. But the numbers just aren't there, bro. But I really like what I've seen from James Harden since joining the Clippers. I like that he's basically taken on a different role. I like that he's playmaking, and I really like that he's got them guys balling, to be honest. I think he's a huge part in why the Clippers are having the success. I think the way he's distributing the ball, the vibes that he's bringing to that starting lineup, I really think James Harden has a lot to do with it. But my Clipper All-Star is not going to be James Harden. It's going to be Kawhi Leonard, man. Kawhi Leonard averaging 23.8 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists. 52.5%. I mean, he's shooting over 52% as the number one option on the team. I'm telling you, that stuff matters. But the things that I've seen from Kawhi Leonard this season, bro, it's like some of those things that you used to see when he was in Toronto, man. First of all, he's been healthy all year. You're not really getting those games where Kawhi Leonard is sitting out like he used to do in all these previous years with this load management stuff. No, you're actually seeing a lot of like Toronto Kawhi Leonard, bro. Like I've seen him locked in in these games. I've seen him just... His ball handling is Chris. The way he's making shots, he really looks like he looks like he's just better than everybody out there. Like when sometimes when he's dribbling between his legs, it's like he's toying with people, bro. Like he knows exactly where he wants to get to and he gets to it with like the smoothest way possible, bro. Like he can shoot in the clutch, he can post up, he can hit the three, he can float, he can dunk, he can back you down. It doesn't matter, bro. Like Kawhi Leonard can play in the clutch. His defense, I haven't even mentioned his defense yet. His defense is still out of this world. And I've seen him lock in sometimes when the Clippers have these runs where they're going like a 7-0 run, and Kawhi just keeps that thing going, man. And he gets to the free throw line as well a lot of times. The dude's a baller, Kawhi Leonard, no doubt about it. Uh, My next reserve is my guy, Devin Armani Booker. All right. The Suns, sixth seed in the Western Conference, 27 to 20. Now they should be better because they have a team of KD, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. But they haven't had all those guys all season. Like they just recently have got those guys back, and now they're starting to play better basketball. Obviously, winning eight of the last 10 games means something, and that means like, hey, we're healthy and this is what we're all about. But Devin Booker has been a guy who's taken on a now different role this season. He's been asked to be the primary ball handler and be the play, the point guard of the team. So Devin Booker, who's a guy who's been used to scoring his whole career and can score with the best of them, now has to not only score but also facilitate. Also dealing with Bradley Beal injuries. You know, Kevin Durant sometimes has some things. And Devin Booker has taken on that challenge to where many people say, hey, the Suns can't do it unless they have a point guard. Listen, Booker looks unbelievable playmaking and he's been scoring 50 point games 
60 point games, 40 point games. Like Devin Booker's doing all of this while maintaining a high assist number for him right now. As you read off his stats, fifth in the NBA in points per game, 28.4, 4.9 rebounds, and 7.3 assists, and shooting 50% from the field. 7.3 assists, obviously career high for him, and top 10 in the NBA while having a top five points per game average in 28.4. Devin Booker, no doubt about it. You get the all-star nod, my man. Uh, three spots left here before we wrap up. Next spot, Darren Fox, my other boy. 27.5 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists, shooting 47%. The Kings right now uh, are the fifth seed in the Western Conference at 27 and 18. They haven't been, they started off really hot and they've kind of been cooling down a little bit. I think the Kings are going to start to get, get back in a groove relatively soon. I don't know if they need to make a trade or not. I think they will. And maybe that'll kind of boost up a spark. But De'Aaron Fox has been the head of the snake. De'Aaron Fox has been playing unbelievable basketball, scoring the hell out of the ball, improving in so many areas that me as a big De'Aaron Fox fan has been waiting to see. His defense, that's been better. His free throws, that's been better. His three-point percentage and his shot selection, way better. This dude is shooting threes with confidence. I'm, I've been a De'Aaron Fox fan all my life. Listen. The three ball was not falling for him, and it was looking ugly early on in his career. And you can tell that he's worked on it, and it's paid off. De'Aaron Fox, you get that nod. Two spots left. Where do I go with this? My next spot. I can't leave Steph Curry out of here, man. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Despite the Warriors' record, listen, Curry averaging 27.5 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 5.5 assists a game, 45% from the field, the guy who shoots the hell out of the ball. Steph Curry is Steph Curry, bro. You ain't leaving him out the All-Star game. I need to see shots from deep. I need to see shots from half court. And I need to see Stephen Curry in the All-Star game. I don't need to say why. You guys as basketball fans got to know. Giannis in the chat says, yay. He loves Steph Curry, bro. He was waiting for that. I wasn't going to leave Curry out of it, no doubt. And my last spot, this is very controversial to many. Because I I thought long and hard about this because the Western Conference is different. I thought about guys like Shangun for the Rockets because, I mean, that young boy been doing his thing. I ain't even going to lie. He can really play out of that post, bro. He can rebound the ball. He can score from the post. He can also dish it out. So he's got a little, like, Jokic to his game. I ain't even going to lie. Sabonis, another guy playing out of the post. He can bring the ball up. He can also play make out of the post. He also rebounds the hell out of the ball. Jalen Williams, a guy that many people might not even know. But this Jalen Williams kid, he plays on the Thunder. Second go-to option next to Shea Gilders Alexander. This dude is a straight-up bucket, bro. Like, Jalen Williams is a bucket. So, so underrated, I swear. Watch this dude's game. His shot is smooth, bro. The way he gets to his shots are smooth. Like, Jalen Williams is nice. And the reason why I have him in consideration is because the Thunder are the third seed, and they're playing unbelievable basketball, man. 32-15 and 15 in the Western Conference is nothing to sleep on. And I think that matters. So I really wanted to put him in here, man. I'm not even going to lie, but I left them out. Paul George is another one. Um who deserves a spot as well. But you see how I literally just keep having problems? Like, 
man, I, 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 I really, really, really have problems, you know, picking, picking these Western conference all-stars. Like I, I, it's hard, but I wish I could just have the East borrow some of these guys, man, but it's tough, but man, but I went with my guy, drum roll, please. Carl Anthony Towns, a Dominican man from New Jersey. All right. From Kentucky, all right? Listen, maybe a little bit biased, but I'm also not, though. Listen, Carl Towns just put up 60-plus the other night. All right, let's not sleep on that. Carl Towns is putting up some great numbers. Carl Towns also averages a career double-double, all right? And Carl Towns is averaging right now 25.9 points per game. More points than Anthony Edwards on the team, by the way. 5.2 rebounds, which, you know, needs to get up. <laughs> 5.3 assists, but shooting 46.3. But listen, the rebounds are low, and here's why. He's playing alongside Rudy Gobert. I mean, Gobert's going to hog all those rebounds. But the fact that Carl Anthony Towns is averaging 25.9 points per game on a team that's Anthony Edwards' team, you can argue he's the go-to option. You can't sleep on that. All right, that's number one. Number two. The Wolves are the first seed in the Western Conference. What did I say? If you're a top seed in the East or a top seed in the West, if you're going to give the East two All-Stars and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and say the reason is why is because they're the number one seed, I expect the same for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Towns is also not only make it easier for the team, he's taking a step back from rebounding. He's playing now, instead of playing the five, he's playing the four to make things easier for Gobert. He's clearing the lane. Making letting Gobert have all those rebounds because if Carl Towns is starting at center, he's getting you a double double. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's spreading the floor, he's shooting the three at a high clip. He's literally taking pressure off Anthony Edwards by saying, Yo, I was drafted number one a couple years ago, but this is your team. Have the keys, I'll be the secondary guy. And he's scoring more than Anthony Edwards at the end of the day. Carl Towns, my guy, is my 12th selection. But if there is an injury, I would look at guys like Shangun, Sabonis, or Jalen Williams, like I talked about from the Thunder, bro. Like, they have games. Zell says Cat is trash. No, he is not trash, bro. Look at the stats. Look at his career stats. Look at what he's done a couple days ago, all right? He is not trash. If the New York Knicks had Carl Towns with Jalen Brunson and OG Ananobi, listen, man, listen. But there's no chance of that now because no way Minnesota's moving Carl Towns if they're the top seed in the Western Conference, man. Oh, man. Wait, did do I really? Oh, snap, I do. Good call. Good call, good call. So I did mix up these stats. No wonder that did throw me off. Yeah, so Carl, okay, so Carl Towns is averaging 22 and 8 rebounds. That makes more sense. And then Ant, and then Ant Man is averaging twenty five point nine. Got you. Thank you. So I mixed that up a little bit, but nonetheless, Carl Towns' rebounds numbers are down, but he's still averaging over twenty plus points per game. I think that's still impressive at the end of the day, and I think it's well deserving for the same reasons that um, that I stated. Both absolutely deserve the All Star nod, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see who gets announced. It will be announced tomorrow live on TNT. Let's see if I get a lot of these. Right. Let's see if Carl Towns makes it. I think pretty much you can argue out of my picks. I think all of them are solid, probably going to make it. The ones that you could probably argue are Carl Towns, uh, Paolo Bancaro, 
Jalen Brown, maybe, uh, maybe even Bam. But we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see who gets in, who who doesn't. But I truly believe, like, no buy. I'm not even trying to be biased, man. I really think Carl Towns deserved this, deserves it this year. I really like what I've seen from him. Like, shooting over, you know, having over 20 points per game, you know, kind of taking – it's just a different leadership role that he's that he's uh, embraced this season. Like, it really is. And you would only know if you watch. You watch some of the games, man. I don't think Minnesota – Minnesota – Minnesota's not a top team in the Western Conference without Carl Towns. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you, Zell, no, man. He's not mentally soft, bro. You got it, you got it twisted. Minnesota's not the top team in the West without Carl Towns. He's they're not. They're not. Like Carl Towns' leadership role this season is such a huge reason why they're the number one seed, man. But Obviously, if he is, I will talk some smack to you because I guess tomorrow we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting. If he's an all-star, I'm best believe I'm coming right at you, my man. Uh, but thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to the stream. I'll be live here next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't. Hit the thumbs up button. Please, please hit the thumbs up button. That helps me out a lot. Uh, thank you guys all for chiming in on the chat board, those who pulled up. Uh, make sure you subscribe. As I mentioned, if you're listening on audio, or YouTube. Thanks for the support. I appreciate you guys as always. And let's see who makes the All-Star game. Salute to you, Matt R. Appreciate you, my guy. Take care as well. Let's see who makes it, man. And next week, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. And uh, George will also be on next Sunday um, to preview uh, some of our Super Bowl picks, man. All right, so keep it locked in here. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow me on Twitter to make sure you're up to date with everything. And appreciate you guys as always. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. Peace out.